this week's episode is going to be the last of its kind for a while. With comic distribution on hold thanks to COVID-19, we're covering the last new titles for some time, including A Brand New World and No One's Rose and The Return of Grumble. We've got a plan to keep new episodes coming, though, so keep on listening because it's all happening now on Cover B. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Cover B. Yep. So I uh, wanted to open with a quick announcement. Um, I don't know if you've heard. Obviously, stuff is really weird right now. Uh, but I wanted to just go ahead and, and, you know, put it out there that this will be the last kind of standard episode of Cover B. For, for an unforeseen amount of time. Yeah. So the retailer Diamond Com- or distributor Diamond Comics, who is the only distributor for comics aside from direct market distributing um, from the companies themselves uh, to retailers, they, due to the whole Corona thing that's been going on, have decided to delay new comics starting next week. Uh, until they decide it's okay again they've had warehouses part of it is that a lot of their warehouses are in states that i think had shutdowns and lockdown orders i think particularly Um, maryland which is under um non-essential like you cannot do anything and they're going to be non-essential because they're and they've had to you know institute different kind of restrictions that have made working in their warehouses harder um so they're honoring shops Uh, like reorders and damage replacements and stuff like that, but they won't be shipping out massive quantities of new comics so that they can kind of keep things safe for their employees. It makes sense, but it does kind of put a damper on our standard procedure. So uh, coming up podcast, about comic books (laughs) coming up for a while. um, Saturdays are going to be more of the special episodes. So like real extras and powered gamings and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, we'll keep you posted when we know there's going to be new comics again and we'll get rolling. I haven't looked into it too much. I don't know if the publishers are going to be selling the comics directly. If it's only like the direct market, so the retailer market that is going to get a delay. That would suck for comic book stores, to be yeah. honest. So I don't know if you can go and like buy next week's Marvel comics from Marvel, for instance, or if you can get them like digitally through DC or anything like that. I don't know what they're doing. I didn't look into it. Um, I really hope they're not because, like I said, that would really suck for local comic book shops if the companies are just like, hey, we're still going to do like the comics still available, just not from a comic book shop, but you can get it from us. Uh, that would be really kind of lame. Instinctively, it makes me think that's not going to be the case because of how they're handling their cinematic universe. Because Marvel and DC both have not just like, oh, screw it. We'll just put everything directly on the streaming networks. Mm-hmm. Like DC has delayed Wonder Woman till August now because they want it to be able to be in theaters. Yeah. And I don't foresee them being like, ah, oh, screw it, we'll just put it on our streaming or our, you know, com- unlimited comic service and you can do it that way. I don't, I feel like they recognize that eventually when all this blows over and they need comic book stores to be an avenue for buying their comics, if they circumvent them now 
and put them all out of business, that's mm. going to hurt them in the long run. I think there's a bigger picture being seen by the companies at this point. Yeah, I think it'll be real telling um, on how the companies actually feel about the comic book side of things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're both really dedicated to their comic book side. Uh, Marvel particularly, not as much DC, but Marvel obviously makes just gobs of money off of their yeah. movies. DC makes a decent amount of money off of their TV shows. And so it would be possible for them to pull away from comics and just be like, surprise, we didn't give a shit about comics <laughs> from the get go. But I, I don't see that being the case. Um, both of them still put a lot of love into their comic side of stuff. So it would be really shocking if one of them were to be like, screw you, comic book stores. But also everything is a business. Everything is a corporation. So you never know what they're willing to do. Right. Um, so we'll see. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to open with that so people were aware that uh, it's going to be weird for a while. It's going to be weird, but we've got some other really cool um, extra episode ideas that we've got in our pocket that mm -hmm. admittedly we just really haven't had time to put into practice yet. And considering we're all kind of isolated in our homes and not able to do anything or go anywhere, suddenly there's more time now. <laughs> it's so, time now. So I wouldn't be surprised if beyond the real extras and the powered gamings, we you know, go back to the secret short boxed segments or some of those other cool things that we introduced a long time ago, but just haven't really been able to dedicate a ton of time to. Yeah. So graphic novelties. So just keep keep an eye out. Saturdays we're still gonna have episodes. They're just they're just gonna be different. And yep. that's okay. So that said, let's dive into the last week of new comics for a while. Yes. And admittedly it was okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of a out with a whimper kind of thing. Like, yeah, it wasn't really. I wasn't like wasn't blown, away, blown away. But, by anything. Yeah. Um, one pretty cool new title that I read this week was No One's Rose. Um, it was a thick, heavy, heavy chunkus of a book, which was, was really yeah. nice. Thick with three C's. Yeah, it was yeah. A thickness. Um, but it was cool because it was massive world building. I I'm talking like you get in here and all of a sudden we are in this environment where. The world has full-on apocalypsed. We have killed the Earth with global warming. Oh, jeez. The only reason humans are surviving is because we live in this, like, dome bubble that's surviving through, like, this one ancient, like, Deku tree-style tree <laughs> that's, like, keeping all of the oxygen afloat from yeah. this bubble. There's hierarchy of society. There's the, like, canopes. So, like play on canopy people like the mm. people who are in the upper class the and then there's like and it's like the people in the lower class can go to the middle realm but the middle realm but they can't go to the upper realm and all the fun stuff happens in the upper realm like <laughs> oh my god there's so much happening in this uh, book and geez. it's the first issue and there's like this brother sister duo and now there's like a terrorist group and now there's people who aren't human i think maybe i don't know it is off the wall and i you know, in this time of crisis, <laughs> I kind of enjoy watch reading a book that's like, oh, hey, guess what? It could be worse. By the way. You know, you might not be able to leave the house to go to the mall right now, but at least you're not living in a bubble surrounded by superstorms. 
Yeah, hey. That's that's a positive rate. That's yeah, hey, that's a you might not, selling point. You might not be able to just gallivant to a Kroger, but at least you're not a lower class member not able to reach the upper echelons of your society. Okay. Yeah, true. That okay. That's fair. I I don't know. Like it was just it was kind of nice to be, you know, thrust very thoroughly into a very new very out of left field type of world and world building scenario. I just, I appreciated that. And in a, in a week where the books were a little, just sort of like, yeah, okay, cool. Neat. Yeah. All right. This was nice. It was nice. Now, granted character building. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, what's the word? Predictable. Okay. Um, kind of, kind of tropey. Yeah, you got the like sister who's like the try hard, and she's gonna make it to the top, and she's yeah. gonna do that thing, and she's gonna change the world. And then you got the brothers like he's a rebel working in the sewers, and he's not happy and wants to join up this group that's gonna overthrow the government. Like the government. <laughs> like it's it's super like tropetacular, but I kind of like that it's not. That you don't have to think too hard about the characters since you are so heavily focused on, like, what in the F is happening in this world? Yeah. So, I get it. I'm okay with it. I'm curious to see where they're going to go with it. I mean, right now, they're kind of like, hey, brother going to be against sister. And you're like, yeah, okay, I get that. But then I swear to God, they, like, introduced non-people at the end of the issue. And I'm like, are they actually non-people? Are they wearing masks? Are mm-hmm. these people part plant people? What is happening? What did I miss? Yeah. It kind of left-fielded me. So when you're able to, go pick up this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't let this one get lost to the recesses of the coronavirus recession. Ugh. Make sure it gets supported. Cause this is gonna be a cool read. I'm I'm pumped. I'm here for it. I'm looking forward to it. So well done. Well done to Emily Horn and Zach Thompson because I liked it. Good nice. Job. Grumble's back. <coughs> oh snap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this breaks every convention of me talking about comics on the podcast. Because oh? it's not a good jumping end point. Oh. Because it's a continuation. It's effectively like it's the next volume. So sometimes like indie books, and I know Albatross does this because they do it with like Goon and stuff. Right. When it's like the next story arc, they start a number one and they give it some title. So like this one is, instead of just being Grumble, it's Grumble, Memphis, and Beyond the Infinite. Oh, okay. They used to do that with Dirk Gently back in the day. I Uh, get that. But it's effectively just a continuation. So it breaks my convention of like, this is a good jumping on point. Because it's not. Because it's not. Um, (laughs) I'm just really excited because I love Grumble. Grumble is great. And the cool thing is, is that the first volume is available in trade paperback. So you can order that from your local comic book shop um, and, you know, catch up on the first like five, six issues, whatever it was, and then dive into this one. Uh, It's still Grumble. It's still great. It's still got Mike Norton's kind of like fun cartoony, like adult swimmy looking art. Um, And it's for the people at home who don't know and haven't been super loyal 67 episode listeners with us, tell the people what a grumble is. Um, it's 69 episodes. Oh, and, Jesus. Sorry. Um, yeah, and I was getting to that. It's still <laughs> got uh, Raffer Roberts 
uh, wonderful humor to it. And it's still about a magical douchebag who got turned into a pug and is trying to figure out how to get unturned into a pug. Except now the mission has become freeing uh, the other main character who is like a half demon uh, freeing her mom from interdimensional space prison. So so it's like the 1000 Deeds of Eddie McDowd, but like with a with weird, a bad yeah, guy. And it's, it's got a <laughs> yeah, it's got a lot of stuff going on. What I love about it is that it's you know, it's very based in magic. So it's like magical stuff. Cool. But then there's these like there's these like hardcore sci fi elements because some of the magical creatures are like interdimensional creatures so they look like aliens and they're very alien looking um and then there's this group called the uh it's like this species called the acolante acolante um and i forget the name there's this like group that's like interdimensional magic police right and i forget the name of them they have some sort of like the blank kind of name um and so they're involved as well so you'll randomly have like you know these people with like bird skulls for heads riding on like jet bikes shooting laser beams and stuff like that and these like crazy like interdimensional like outside of our ability to conceive reality kind of creatures like pop in you know what i mean these like beings made of energy kind of things happening um, and then, like I said, there's like an interdimensional space prison, you know, <laughs> so there's like all these, awesome. all these elements to it. Um, and it all just kind of folds on to, uh, the relationship between these two main characters, which is the douchebag Eddie who got turned into a dog, um, and his compatriot, and there's a relationship there that I won't ruin if you haven't read the first volume, um, who is a half demon who is using Eddie and you find out at some point is using Eddie to try to find her mom. Huh. Um, and yeah, it's, it's fun. That's And the, the ending of the last volume was great. Like just how it all laid out, how it all kind of like together. Yeah. How all the pieces fell into place That's awesome. at the end of the last one. Cause it was very chaotic and it was one of those things. Um, it felt like, you know, like an old like 80s and 90s comedies when the main characters would just like very like Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers is a good example. Hmm. How like at the end of Blues Brothers, they've pissed off so many different people that they've got like the cops and the Nazis and like these people and like these people and this group all coming at them, like converging on the same place. You know what I mean? Huh. Like that's kind of how it felt. It felt like one of those like old school comedies where it's like throughout the course the main characters like piss off or cross so many different groups and then you have all these groups kind of converging on the same place but the you know main characters are just so able to nimbly avoid them you know what i mean right and uh yeah it was cool it was such a great ending to that so i'm really really excited that this book is back because it doesn't get enough love um that's awesome and i i try to give it as much love as i can so Check out the first volume, pick this one up, get started on it. Um, It's going to be a fun ride, I feel like. That's awesome. All right. So recently, the Red Sonja books that I've read have been 
kind of gritty. Yeah. Really dark. Really yes. intense. So when I heard there was a title coming out that was Killing Red Sonia, I didn't even look it up. I was like, oh, hell yeah. Oh, That's hell gonna be in- yeah. It's going to be intense. Yeah. It's going to be hunting her down. It's going to be like her running away and like hiding. And it's going to be really intense. And then I opened the book. Yeah. And instead what we get is a spoiled entitled young boy mm-hmm. who has now been turned into an emperor pretending or trying or thinking he's hunting Red Sonia. But I'm going to tell you this. He ain't really hunting Red Sonia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I guess at some point in the main Red Sonia title, she there was some sort of like battle at the bridge or something. Right. Um, and she killed this emperor. <clears throat> and so the solicitation for this was, you know, Red Sonia has killed the Emperor, but he had a son, and he's out for revenge. So it was very gritty. Yeah, and it was I like, was like, ready for it. Was it was pretty exciting. It was like, okay, cool. Like, this is going to be fun. Um, it has been less gritty than expected. I'm going to tell you right now, it felt like I was reading a, like, extension story from, like, a Shrek universe. Okay. Just with more people getting their heads removed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like um, it's like if Shrek actually ate people. Yeah. I didn't not like it. I just wasn't really able to associate it in the world of Red Sonia. It yeah. felt a little bit more um kind of playful fantasy than yeah. what Red Sonia usually is. Uh you know, your Red Sonias and your Conans, your like barbaric like rah, bloodthirsty people. It's always very like sword and steel you know what i mean like it's it's very like iron and blood kind of kind of action and this just felt very it did it did feel kind of i don't want to say shrecky um but kind of dreamworksy like if dreamworks was like we're gonna make an r-rated animated film you know what i mean like um because it did have that kind of cartoonish veneer um, and the fantasy elements and like the RPG elements and whatnot, uh, felt very like akin to something you would see out of like rat Queens or something like that. That's going yeah. for a more like tongue in cheek humor kind of side of stuff, a little less grit than what I kind of went in expecting. It almost so. has that vibe of like, I'm going to, I'm going to deep cut here real quick. Mm-hmm. You remember when it was like. Animaniac show or like old school Tom and Jerry when the like yeah. baby would go and like <laughs> willfully like ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm running around and having a great time but they're in like heaps and unreasonable amounts of danger but they're completely unaware to how much danger they're in and they're just like trala lying and like Tom and Jerry are both ripping their hair out trying to save this child. Yeah, it's like the collie and the baby yes, in Animaniacs. Exactly. Yeah. It has that vibe to me where this kid's like, I'm going to go take out Red Sonia. And like everyone around him, like, you realize she's going to eat your scalp, right? So this is super unrelated, but there was, when I was a kid, like the first time I really felt anxiety was there was a game and I don't it was based off of some cartoon but I think it was like a fox kids cartoon or something so I have no idea what it was uh but you played a cat and it was that kind of scenario it was like your owner was this like Mr. Magoo style old lady okay and the game the video game was basically the premise was it was kind of like lemmings 
but with oh, like yeah. one limbing. Oh lord! And she would just traverse the level, and you would have to use your cat to like form bridges or like block her from danger. Oh, that's stressful. And get her like from point A to point B. It sucked, and that shit used to like make me panic all the time. Oh. I rented it from Blockbuster back oh, in the day. And I have intense memories of this like cat trying to like keep this old woman or something from like dying effectively. I I distinctly remember like the collie and the baby in Animaniacs. And I remember it kind of illuminating how I was going to be as an adult because the, the episodes never made me inherently stressful. What it did is it made me super angry at the baby and the parents for putting the animals in danger. Yeah. yeah. I was like, how dare you not take care of your kid and now your puppy could get hit by a car. What is that? It true. What is that? I was I I did not like. Um, but I am still like I'm still interested to see where killing Red Sonya goes. Um. I do admittedly like the characters in it, though there hasn't been a whole lot of development on any of them. Um, and I, I like the premise still, so I hope eventually, like, I think there's really cool things. If you look at later covers, it's got this kid kind of, like, conjoined with Red Sonia. Oh. So I like the idea that potentially he finds Red Sonia and it's not all it's cracked up to be. Like, I, I like that idea, like, that story. Yeah, that's like, a cool idea. I'm out for revenge, and throughout the course, I'm going to find out that revenge isn't what, you know, maybe my dad wasn't who I thought he was, and, like, revenge isn't what it was cracked up to be and stuff like right. that. So that's cool. I'm excited to see if it still gets to that. It definitely has um, potential. But the first issue, yeah, it was a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit more tongue-in-cheek than I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah. Um, They did a good job making the kid... And the people around him still very, like, ruthless. You know what I mean? Like That's true. Um, and I, I didn't necessarily get the, like, defenseless baby vibe like you did. Um, I just got the, like, boy emperor vibe. But I, I think they did take steps early on to kind of give him his own sort of, like, uh, capabilities. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, I see what um, you mean. And not just make him this, like... I'll protect you, my emperor, and like defenseless kind of nerd. Um, he still is kind of a defenseless nerd, but <laughs> yeah, he he's is. got he's got his own sort of like he's aware of his power. You know what I mean? Yeah, as emperor, and he does utilize it. So I think that's makes him a little bit more three dimensional. So fair enough. But we'll see. See where it goes. Um. Next up, I want to talk about Hellions, number one. So this oh, is another yes. entry in the, you know, rebooted X titles. Um, this one answers a question that I had for a while, which is, you know, I get the whole premise of we're an X nation. Hooray. Um, <laughs> everyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome. But here's the thing, like some of the X bad guys like Magneto and Apocalypse have their own motivations that are rooted in like a sense of pragmatism. You know right. what I mean? Granted, Magneto has snapped plenty of times and committed his own horrible atrocities. And so it is kind of weird that they're just cool with him. Um, but that's always been a thing. Every time he's joined up with a team, it's like, oh, cool. Hey, Magneto, come to our school. You can teach the class on genocide. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there are plenty of other evil or bad 
I don't know where you stand on the concept of evil, but evil mutants that do what they do because they're freaking psychopaths. And for the most part, we saw them kind of handle that, I think, in House of X when they throw Sabretooth into prison. Yeah. Right? They send him into the pit. Into the pit. You know? Um, and he's one of the ones. He's he's a psychopath. Like, yeah. he's You're like, hey, come live on our island and help out the island. But he's a freaking psychopath. Just because he's surrounded by mutants isn't going to make him less of a psycho- psychopath. You know it's what true. I mean? Like, any society is going to have bad eggs that act out against members of the society. We, you know, and I know they're doing this whole thing because it's like, we're better than humans, but like taking a look, humans live side by side with other humans and they still murder each other. They still rape each other. They still steal from each other, manipulate each other. And mutants, I know they want to be better than that. But But are they? Are they? And there was a big thing in... Wolverine number one it was like two stories and one of the stories was Wolverine arguing that Omega Red should not be allowed on the island or should be thrown in the pit instantly should not be given a chance effectively and Magneto was like no you know every mutant's given a chance Omega Red included and Omega Red is a friggin' psychopath like he's he like eats children and stuff you know what i mean like he's like he's freaking crazy and like delights in draining people of their life force and stuff like that you know so like he's a bad dude so that whole story is on like who deserves redemption because wolverine also for a long time was a feral beast and killed a bunch of people hurt a bunch of people and so like does he get redemption omega red doesn't so um this kind of picks up that conversation, but it does so in more of a tongue-in-cheek kind of humorous way. But it's about a group of those mutants that are inherently not great. You yeah, know what I mean? I did. Are inherently kind of crazy. I gotta say, I I did find it a little weird. I don't know. Maybe it was an interesting introduction, in my opinion, because... It starts off with Alex, mm-hmm. um, Cyclops' brother, yep. like getting too riled up yeah, so- and going too, too far. But it's interesting to me because so rarely in comics, particularly X-Men comics, do they really ever show like... That they're Batman-esque, like, or Spider-Man-esque, like, we don't kill humans. Like, that's that's bull. Like, you do. Like, some of your powers are inherently, like, very, like, gonna kill people. That's mm-hmm. just a thing. And so, I just found it weird how, like, Alex was sort of just protecting everybody. Like, these people were going to shoot y'all. They were going to kill y'all. They had bad weapons. They were bad people. And he goes to take them out. And they're like, you can't do that. And I'm like, you're freaking Wolverine. You kill people all the time. That's like a thing. No, I mean, he doesn't now because of the whole Krakoan law. You know what I mean? They made the law. We won't kill humans because they want to be, again, they're trying to be better. You know what I mean? Yeah. So humans kill mutants freely. So they want to not kill humans because on one end, it's like, look, 
we're better than you. We solve our problems without murdering your kind. And on the other end, if they, you know, go in and slaughter a bunch of humans, their sovereign nation, it's label just like in trouble. Yeah. And well, and you it's not only, you know, could it be like, oh, that's an act of war, but it's also like you send in the camera crews and it's like, look at this horrible massacre of all these claw marks. This is what they're capable of. You right. know what I mean? Right. And that's been a big theme, you know, throughout New Mutants, Marauders, like it comes up all the time. Like we don't kill people, don't kill humans. You know what I mean? Um, and so, I mean, it makes sense. And the thing with Havoc is that like the reason he's wrapped up in this whole thing is if I remember correctly, he was one of the heroes that was turned evil uh, during the whole Axis thing a oh, long time ago. Wow. And because um, I remember in Uncanny, like the Uncanny run before it transferred over to uh, the Uncanny run that set that happened kind of during the whole Age of X thing, yeah. like the Uncanny run right before that. Um, had Alex trying to build a team to prove he could be an X-Men again because everyone thought he was just a criminal and a bad guy because he never really recovered from the Axis thing. He kind of kept being a villain for a while. Hmm. Um, and so that's what that was, is if he gets pushed to his limits, he like he snaps and goes full like psychopath villain guy and starts like melting people's faces. It's probably that, you know... You're coming from a position where you've been reading all of the like supplemental X-Men titles. I read House and Powers, but I haven't really been reading everything else. Mm -hmm. So I guess my brain is still just sort of like hardwired to be like, well, yeah, X-Men are violent. And so I guess my brain just wasn't like totally at that spot yet where it was like, he's doing a lot of damage to a human. That's bad. You can't do that. Because I, I just haven't fully made that mental switch yet into like... X-Men are above all of the the killing of the humans. I guess, yeah. So, that makes sense. Um, But yeah, so I, I'm excited to see where this team goes. I'm not terribly sold on the team. Like, the characters aren't super interesting to me. But it will, like, I think there's a lot of interesting narrative that can be, you know, that can be given through this. Um, because it's going to be... This sovereign nation trying to prove they're better than people while also harboring psychopaths and sociopaths. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I love, I love that they establish. So there's one of the guys on the team is empath. Um, and he has the ability to basically manipulate people's emotions to like extremes. And that makes people do crazy stuff. Um, and I love that they establish that he's a psychopath. He has no ability to feel emotion because of how his brain is wired with his mutation. So his mutation effectively made him a psychopath. Right. And they don't come out and say he's a psychopath, but the way that they describe it, his inability to like feel emotion and feel remorse and feel connection to people. He doesn't, because he can manipulate people to react a certain way, he doesn't have a nurtured response of things are bad. So it's like, Normally, if I say something rude to somebody, they get upset. And then I know never to say that again. Right. But if I can make that person appreciate that I said something rude to them, I don't have that like, ooh, stovetop is hot kind of response to go off of. So that would train me to basically just have no remorse. Yeah. 
because you don't feel I can anything. I can reward myself for any action that I take. You know? That's wild. And I I think that is really cool, especially because his name is Empath. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean? absolutely. Like that's that's really cool. And I I, I like that style. And I, so I hope they find a way to kind of take that sort of deeper look at all these characters. I think that would be really um, cool. But, you know, all in all, it's basically just going to be another X-Force. It's going to be like... It's it's kind of interesting because it's like an X-Force slash wrecking crew. Like, it's, it's like... It's like a suicide squad for X-Men. Yeah, but they're trying <laughs> to... Because they're all unhinged psychos, they're trying to keep them, like, far away from humans. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like... It'll be interesting to see what sort of stories and missions they go on. And I imagine it's going to be like, hey, go bust up this thing. And then it's going to be like, whoops, here's a human who happens to be here. Oh, no, someone's hurting him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll see. And, you know, I think Havoc's side of it has a lot of potential, too. Yeah, you know? I agree. So very cool. Um, So really, the last one I want to talk about is... um. I don't have a ton to say, but mm-hmm. I wanted to shout it out because I shouted out the other one that came out around this. Um, so we've got another conspiracy book, and it's another one shot, and this one's yeah. Conspiracy Alien Abduction. Nice. Um, this one, to me, was a lot less all over the place. <laughs> it was a lot easier to follow. Um, it opens with a guy basically lying to his kids so he can go and have intimate relations with a woman of the night um (laughs) and then he gets abducted by aliens oh geez and it's super gruesome and super gory and normally you have to pay extra for that i know right he got (laughs) he got a bonus (laughs) she actually at one point he's like i saw something outside i'm gonna go check it out and she's like you know honey it's your time you spend it how you want and i was like that's hilarious (laughs) and so he gets abducted by aliens and it's a hot mess and then they manage to tie it back to the other one shot to area 51 to area 51. And so while I was reading it in the beginning, I was like, Oh cool. They're just going to do these like one shots based on this stuff. But like they're one shots that are all subtly tying in together, Mm -hmm. building this like weird narrative story of like government cover up and, and all these weird things. And it's actually really cool. Like I'm, I'm actually much more into this than I thought it was going to be. Like, I really was taking these as a very superficial, haha, aliens, whatever. This yeah. is like, you know, it's coming from the publishing label that is normally, you know, look boobies. Yeah. And so I, I wasn't. Cheesecake covers. Here yeah, you go. Yeah. I wasn't really initially taking it very seriously, but this is actually really fun and like weird and uncomfortable and gory and gruesome and nice yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. that's cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it like i'm like oh okay what's the next one shot gonna be because obviously they're not done yet they left me with a cliffhanger yeah so i'm like okay are we gonna stay aliens or are we gonna go like okay. interdimensional I, yeah. I see you i see you conspiracy nice. yeah. so you know if you get a chance pick them up they're fun like they're weird and the first one was super weird and super all over the place and really hard to follow but this one kind of helps tie all this stuff in. Like, you're starting to get insight. I, I'm wondering if each new issue is going to give, like, a little more depth to what happened the, in, like, that yeah. first one that was super out of, you know, 
we saw a lot in that first issue, and I'm wondering if these individual one shots are going to kind of clarify that. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, you remember when you saw this thing? It was because of this. Oh, you remember when you saw this thing? It was because of this. And it's like, oh, okay, fair enough. Good on you. Nice. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. Right on. So I think that's it. Yeah, that wraps it up. Uh, we might have a couple of honorable mentions, but we are out of time, so we're going to yes. wrap it up there. So uh, if you guys want more Cover B, you can check us out at CoverBPodcast.com. You can also find us on the Facebooks and the Twitter. That's right. You can find us at Cover B Podcast. And we have been doing all sorts of stuff, even beyond Cover B. Chris and I are part of another group that does um, video game streaming and fun stuff like that called Tink Tink Productions. We're also on Facebook and Cover B's been sharing some Tink Tink stuff. So be sure to check that out. Yeah, we're, you know, we've, there's, there's nothing but time now. <laughs> yeah. So come watch us play games and be stupid. And once again, you know, it is a weird time. Uh, we're going to keep putting out content so you guys have stuff to listen to. Uh, if you're like doing work around the house or just, you know, working need, from home, need your podcast fix. Uh, we'll be there for you. Uh, and everyone just be safe. Everyone take it seriously and help each other uh, because that's the only way we're going to make it through these very, very weird, very chaotic times is if we take the time to think about your fellow man and do what's important for everybody uh, as opposed to just focusing on numero uno. Yeah, the CDC puts these guidelines and these this advice out for a reason. They're not just blowing smoke. So if you're told to stay home, stay home. If it's told to stay, keep distance, keep distance, wash your hands, do what they say because you yep. might not, like Chris said, you might not be a super at risk, but some of us with that are older or have, you know, pre-existing conditions or immune deficiencies like think of us think of the rest yeah. of the society not just yourself yep. obviously not everybody has the luxury to stay home if you don't just be safe be smart um get a you know face mask even if it's one of the cheap cloth ones just don't overbuy the face masks just get enough for yourself um or just keep your distance have hand sanitizer if you can get your hands on it wash your hands plenty of times uh, mainly just keep your distance. Mainly just don't be afraid if you're in like a customer service position. If somebody gets too close to be like, hey, look, six feet, please, if you have that capability. Um, and otherwise, just best of luck to everybody. We'll keep you posted and we will keep on trucking. Yep. Have a good one, y'all. Bye, everybody. Bye.